This is One in 59, a presentation of Anderson Center for Autism. One in 59 is a weekly show devoted to topics related to autism spectrum disorder. Good morning and welcome to One in 59, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, Chief Development Officer at Anderson Center for Autism. And I am talking this morning with Leanne Scally, who is the founder and chair of a program called Earth to Autism. And uh, Leanne, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for being on the show. I know that uh, Earth to Autism has an ambassador training program, and then we're going to talk this morning about um, at least one sort of example of that or offshoot of that. But if you could start by just giving us a little background about yourself and, um, and the development of Earth to Autism, how long it's been around and some of the history, that would be great. I grew up in the Hudson Valley, and I completed my bachelor's degree in psychology from Binghamton University, and then went on to get a master's degree from Marist College in psychology. Um, I moved down to Florida about nine years ago and accepted a position at a children's hospital and uh, assisted that children's hospital in opening an autism center. When we got going, we started doing some programs for adolescents and doing some work training and some research came along with that and we came to find that there was limited programs available for adolescents and young adults in the community with autism who were interested in working. So Earth Autism was born out of that, uh, a desire to create a nonprofit that solely worked with individuals with autism and helping them get jobs. So we, uh, we launched in 2017. The summer of 2017 was actually when we incorporated, and we've created something called an ambassador training program. And what that is, is it is a hands-on and online program designed specifically to meet the needs of adults with autism in the community who want to either further their education or work in the community. So we meet once a month with our adults with autism. Uh, we have a church space that's donated to us in a community garden, and we go out and we work on things like uh, learning to repair items such as jewelry or bicycles or electronics for our repair cafes. And we host repair cafes uh once a month, typically, where we invite the community to come out and bring the broken items, and our adults with autism work right alongside their mentors, and they help fix the items for the community. So it provides a chance for our adults with autism to practice their repair cafe skills, but also to engage with the community and use some of the interpersonal skills that they're learning and the communication skills they're learning from our program. That sounds really cool and, and quite a quite a clear path directly there from uh, from when you were up here where I am in the Hudson Valley still um, now. So so I think you've touched on a lot of different um, important areas just to kind of go back and 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 um, reinforce one main one being we as a whole society have a significant gap when it comes to individuals with autism leaving the education system and becoming adults and not being prepared, even though their desire might be there and the um, the potential in terms of skill development and learning opportunities might be there, but we are not really effectively 
um, providing enough opportunities for adults, young adults especially, to go into the workforce, right? We're not quite where we should be. Would, that right, sounds like it right. was a big part of the decision to create Earth to Autism. Um, yeah. So, so let me ask you some questions just to paint more of a picture about what you're doing every day. Um, how many adults are, are involved in Earth to Autism at this point? Right now we are running the first cohort, so we have five adults enrolled in the program. Okay, and what geographic area does that do those five adults come from? Are they all in the same neighborhood, from the same sort of zip code, or are they coming from all over the state? How, how are you in, you know... They are they are from Pinellas County, Florida. They are they are all residents of the county. Actually, I take that back. Um, there is one gentleman who comes from Hillsborough County, so Pinellas Hillsborough area. Okay, and how did they how did they get involved in the program? How did they hear about it? Was there a sort of a feeder system from something that they were already involved in, um, or was this just you know is this your marketing getting the word out that this is an opportunity? I think that um, for most of the individuals in the program, they found out about us through either a local university or through another local program that serves individuals with autism. And and are these individuals... Um, uh like, where are they in terms of um, ability to verbally communicate or is there behavioral involvement? Are these individuals who are um, otherwise pursuing sort of academic um, opportunities in the college, in college programs, but are kind of lacking the hands-on skills? It, and, and just trying to get a sense of who, yeah. who this program is designed to, to um, engage. They are, the individuals in our program are a mix of all those things. Uh, we have one gentleman who has, who's working on a digital media degree from a local college, and he's actually participating in the ambassador training program, but he's also an intern. Um, so he's, uh, he's got classic signs of autism. Uh, there is another gentleman in our program who is slightly older. He's 27 years old and has some uh, limitations in terms of his his cognitive abilities. He has trouble reading, so everything has to be voice to text for him. Um, and he has never worked, so he is um, so he's a little bit different than our intern. And then we have another gentleman in our program who is he he he's very he's actually very high functioning but he just graduated from high school. He is much younger. Well, he's actually not much younger. He's but he's where he is in terms of deciding where he wants to go with his future is much more uh he's much more in those preliminary stages. Okay. So th- those three are a good synopsis of the individuals that we're pulling from the community to participate in this program. Uh, They are all different. They are all unique. They all provide a different perspective when we get together in a group and have discussions. So, and and it sounds like they're probably, like, you you just... Um, one of the things you just mentioned really struck me that they're all in different stages of their um, of their lives. So you've got somebody who's sort of the world is his oyster, right? He just graduated from high school. He's maybe looking okay. to see what he wants to study, what career he might want to go into, and and maybe identifying mm-hmm. on the earlier side 
what uh, you know that that developing these skills and having this experience is is going to help him. And then you have somebody who's 27. Is, let me ask you this: Is the 27 year old gentleman living at home with his family, or is he living independently? He is living independently. Okay, so so I also wonder if there's anybody involved in the program who is still living with their parents, because that's another example of something that we see throughout our country and probably throughout the world, where there are um, mm-hmm. individuals who who are so supported in the structure of the school system, and then at age 21, there's kind of this unspoken expectation that they're just going to be able to move out and be independent. Not everybody is, which then has um, a sort of a, a, a ripple effect back on the entire family unit. So are you working with anybody, um, maybe including this young man who's just finished high school, who whose family is looking for him to have um, the opportunity to become independent but isn't quite yet? Right. That that gentleman is actually supported by case management services, mm-hmm. and his family is always close by. So um, he does still have a very strong connection to his family. Um, of course, our individual who is in college is still living at home with his family. One of the nice things about our program is, is that we recognize the need for the family to stay connected. So each of our individuals that enters our program has to come along with a mentor. And for the three individuals that I just spoke of, all three of them come with uh, a family member, um, somebody who can uh, help them to take the skills that we're teaching, you know, in our program and translate it back to the home environment. And maybe, you know, when they go out into the community, they can practice some of the socialization or communication skills that we're working on in our program. That's really cool. And and this is new. I mean, you opened in the summer of 2017, so you're just over two years old. Um, do you have high expectations and hopes that this program will grow where you are and or be replicated in other areas do you do you do you, um and do you have a preference between those two options <laughs> um we do want to see the online curriculum that we're developing right now um with the program we do want to see that become available to individuals all over the country uh, relatively quickly because this is something that will help people that live in rural areas or live in underserved communities to be able to get a chance to build their skills so that they can go out and work in the community and be successful. Mm-hmm. So we do have a vision for uh, bringing that online curriculum um up and getting it going. We've got research going behind it right now. So once we know that it is, you know, truly meets the program goals that we've set, then yes, we will, we will be taking it. Um, hopefully national, maybe even global someday. That's exciting. That's exciting. That's great. Mm-hmm. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I'm going to ask you a little bit more of the sort of um, personal experiences that you've witnessed yourself and, and that you've seen occurring with the, the five folks that you're working with right now. Because um, I want to get a sense of what it's really like on those days that you get together and, and the interaction with the community. Um, I really want to get into that as well. So this is One in okay. 59, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and we'll be right back. 
If you live, work, or frequently visit the Hudson Valley, you've probably passed by the sign for Anderson Center for Autism countless times. Have you ever wondered what our award-winning educational and residential program is all about? Well, let me shed some light. Ours is a place where evidence-based practices marry creative solutions, where students with autism learn how to communicate using whatever modality works best for them, where they learn independent living and vocational skills in nurturing environments, where their families enjoy visits full of special moments, where professionals come from all corners of the globe to obtain high-level training, where staff build rewarding careers, and where people develop lifelong connections. Learn more about our work optimizing the quality of life for people with autism by visiting us online at andersoncenterforautism.org. That's andersoncenterforautism.org. Or schedule a tour by calling us today at 845-889-4034. 845-889-4034. Welcome back to 1 in 59, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and today I'm talking with Leanne Scally, the founder and chair of Earth to Autism. Um, and uh, Leanne, you were just sharing with me in the first half of the show kind of your background and an overview of the program and the participants and um, how people are getting involved, as well as some hopes for the and plans for the future. I'd like to, in this uh, second part of the, the show, um, just ask you to tell us a couple of stories and share some things that are sort of personal to you, things that you've seen in terms of individual growth through the program. Um, and also, I'm curious what the community's response to having things like the repair cafes occur once a month has been. Yeah, so we have, uh, we did a pilot project of. Um our ambassador training program last summer, and we had two individuals in the program. And uh, one of those individuals was a young woman who had aspirations to get her PhD in a microbiology field. And uh, she had had some, she had had some interviews with some schools and had been turned down. And she came to us and was kind of looking for, you know, some guidance and assistance. How does she? How does she move on to the next step? How does she get into um, a PhD program? So we worked with her last summer, and we did a lot of, uh, we connected her to a lot of different groups and volunteering opportunities in the community. She volunteered with us in the Repair Cafe as well. Uh, and she actually just landed herself an adjunct professor position at the local university teaching classes. Oh, so that's exciting. We're excited. Yeah, she uh, she met a lot of people through Earth Autism who were able to provide her with the research experience that she needed to get those positions and get those teaching jobs that she was after. So um, we're real proud of her. Let me um, let me just interrupt for one second because that's a great mm-hmm. that's a great example. Um, I'm curious because this is something I hear um, often from individuals and their family members and um, providers that um, was she also struggling a little bit with the social aspects of getting through those interviews before she reached out to you? Yeah, she was. She had been turned down. Um, three or four schools had turned her down. But what it was was really like her Her academic is stellar. She's a great student. Yeah. She was missing the... She was missing the research that she needed in order to be able to get into those programs. She needed specific research. 
And through our program, she was able to connect with a couple of different organizations that she could get that research from. So we kind of provided that bridge for her, that, you know, that little social piece that was missing. It's great. That's uh, So you provided kind of a missing link for her that maybe would have, mm-hmm. um, you know, that uh, in order to get those types of contacts, you have to kind of put yourself out there and meet the right people. And that can be a challenge sometimes in this population. Mm-hmm. So um, that's a great example. And now I will be quiet and let you keep telling your story because I would love to hear I'd love to hear another one okay. um, I think um, the other one that is probably pretty neat is probably our other one of our gentlemen that we have started working with we started working with him actually before we were doing um, ambassador training he started uh, coming out and doing repair cafes with us because he has a real knack for fixing things uh, he has a real interest in electronics um, so he has actually he came to a couple of repair cafes with his uncle and they were working on electronics and then he came to the first session of ambassador training uh, that we had um, two weeks ago, and we had a jewelry repair expert giving lessons on how to repair jewelry. This individual was so excited about jewelry repair by the end of the session. He's let me take his picture with the pieces he was making, and he was just, like, I actually had to stop the lesson because it just kept going. Like, they were learning so much, and, um, and I think that's really awesome that, you know, he was someone who didn't think that he would enjoy jewelry repair, but actually has really found a passion in that, and we hope that the next repair cafe that we do in October that he'll be able to man that station for us. So you're so you're providing opportunities for people to um, get exposed to things that they may have otherwise sort of taught themselves out of. And that's that's great. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how, you know, people grow and, and experience new things. So um, awesome story. I love that. I'm, I'm very now I'm curious what he's going to do with the October <laughs> one. Um, so on that note, so you have these repair cafes about once a month and you said that members of the community mm-hmm. are, um, you know, it's, I assume it's publicized somewhere and, and community members yeah. know that they can bring their broken things, which to be honest, Mm -hmm. you're providing an incredible service to people because so many of us have so much stuff and it's so hard to throw something Mm -hmm. away when it's not working, but you know, it just needs to be fixed, but you don't know how to do it. What has the community response been to your particular repair cafe? The community response is definitely growing. Um, We are, we've gotten a couple, we've had a couple of news stations come out and do stories on it recently, which has definitely increased the interest in it. I think the community is really excited about supporting Earth's autism and supporting our adults with autism and learning these new skills. Uh, That is the overwhelming majority of the comments I hear is that this is so awesome. Like people are just at the last repair cafe, people are just bringing things just because they wanted to give our adults with autism a chance to repair something. Like there was a woman who brought a bike that wasn't even broken. She was just like, I'll just bring a bike and I'll support you guys. And if they can do something with the bike, great. And they did. They actually wound up doing like a tune up on it for her. But, um, but yeah, no, the community response is definitely growing and we're excited. Uh, the next one is going to be at the end of October. 
And since our guys just got this jewelry repair lesson, uh, jewelry repair is going to be a big focus of this next one. That's fantastic. So I think, you know, I know that you're not um, up in this area where, where we are, and but some of our listeners are going to be listening from all over. This is a podcast, so hopefully we'll get some local listeners. And you can also obviously use this to this interview to, to remind people um, – to come out and support. And I love that story that somebody is just, you know, even if you're one of those super organized people who only has functioning things in their garage, which is not me, but um, that there are people out there who actually, you know, don't hold on to the broken things. Um, this is a great opportunity to come out and just show your support. It sounds like um, you can do a lot just by showing up and saying, hey, you're doing a great thing. You know, how can I help? So, so um, Earth to Autism, where do people go to get more information? Do you have a website or, or a Facebook um, page or anything like that? We do. We have a website. It's www.earthtoautism.com. And we are also on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram as well. Um, people can look us up by doing the Earth to the word to autism, and you'll be able to find us. Great. So check out Earth2 and EarthToAutism.org and Facebook, Twitter. And are you a non you're a non profit organization, correct? We are. So do you can do people make donations just to sort of help you with any costs that are associated with what you're doing? Yes. Right now we are uh, only able to take donations from individuals living in the state of Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, we're we're working on um, expanding where we can take donations from in the future. Great. So, so if you are in Florida or back. yeah, or you know somebody who is in Florida and you're interested in learning more, I would definitely recommend checking out earthtoautism.org to get more information. Um, we have another couple minutes just before we have to finish up, Leanne. Can you tell the story or explain your name, the Earth to Autism? Because I know from what I read that there is a connection between, um, you know, autism. There was a reason why you chose that name and, and chose to do it this way. Yeah, so um, I was finishing up my Ph.D. in human services and thinking about the next step in my career. And, you know, my passion has always been working with individuals with autism, and but I'm also passionate about environmental causes as well. And one day it just came to me. It was like, just fall out of the sky, earth to autism. And, um, and yeah, uh, once I said that name to, actually I had a couple interns at that time, and I said the name to the interns, and the interns were like, that's a pretty cool name. We like that. And, uh, and I just thought about all the potential opportunities in sustainability for adults with autism, you know, all the potential fields that they could go into and the different jobs that they could have. So uh, that's where the name came from. It just kind of fell out of the sky one day. And, uh... That's often that's often how the best things uh, how the best things happen and and you know you took two of your own passions and are making it work together and like you said I mean there's there's definitely something to be said for um, for I think not just keeping these. Uh, these broken things, you know, fixing them and, and helping sustain the actual items themselves. But there's there's also something to be said for teaching people, regardless of whether they have autism or not, but teaching people how to 
manually do things and, and the act of fixing something. Um, I interviewed Temple Grandin, who's a, a significant advocate in mm-hmm. the you know area mm-hmm. of autism and, and has autism herself, not that long ago on this mm-hmm. show. And one of the things she talked a lot about was the, the importance of responsibility and having skills. And, um, and I mm-hmm. think that that's very, you know, very much connected to what you're doing with um, the ambassador training program and, uh, and the repair cafe with Earth to Autism. So Leanne Scali, I just want to thank you for being on the show um, and for thank doing you. what you're doing with Earth to Autism. Go check it out at earthtoautism.org. This is 1 in 59. You. Oh, you're very welcome. Um, this is 1 in 59, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski. And remember, Anderson cares. You've been listening to 1 in 59, a presentation of Anderson Center for Autism. Join us for another edition of the show at the same time next week. 